Hey everybody, just stepping in with a little mea culpa. This is a little bit hard to hear because I forgot to change the settings on my mic to be omnidirectional. Thankfully, she's naturally a pretty loud person, and I have a bad habit of repeating a lot of the things that she says, so it's, uh, it's okay. Um, if you have trouble with it, uh, like Bruce Hornsby said, that's just the way it is. Let's get on with the show. You are entering a space of thoughts and jokes, of echoes and analysis, a stopover from sense, a sojourn from sincerity, the cross section between entertainment and bewilderment, a limitless void of laughter and curses from which few escape. You've just crossed the border. Into the spooky spot. All right. All right. I can't. Brian! Sorry. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, me neither, really. I can literally only say Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian! And that is thanks to the film Nuns on the Run. And you've never watched anything else with a British accent. No, never no. in my life. No. Welcome to the spooky spot. I started it. It's the show for real this time. <laughs> Instead of just us sitting around talking to each other. What are you talking about? That's, what we, that's, that's a podcast. That, hey. You know? We just broke it down to those barest butts. <laughs> it's barest butts? Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. <sighs> well, my name is Jess, which I almost just fucking forgot to say. And I'm Liz. There we go. And we're just here talking about the barest butts. <laughs> you said it, not me. You brought me that phrase. Yeah, but you're not supposed to use it against me. <laughs> God, rude. You're not supposed to say words. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fucking rude. Uh, so here on the spooky spot, in addition to the barest butts, we also talk about... <laughs> anthology shows like the twilight zone uh and today we're here talking about episode 20 uh elegy how many are in the season 36 we're almost done yeah i was thinking about that the other day i was like damn nuts it's nuts i thought you just said nut nut a lot too (laughs) at any given moment i could be saying that listeners every time that Liz is not in front of a microphone. She's just indiscriminately just going her nut. A couple days ago I was. Nut. Was I here for that? No. I was talking to someone on the phone. Uh-huh. They're eating. They're like just shoveling almonds into their mouth. Yeah. And they're like, these are really hard to chew. And I'm like, they're a hard nut. <laughs> they didn't appreciate it. Joke completely. I'm sure they probably didn't. No. No, but I kept saying it. Fair. <laughs> That's also podcasting broken down to its barest essentials. Yeah. They didn't appreciate it, but I just kept saying it. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about the Twilight Zone? I suppose, yes. Twilight Zone. You. You. Nut. God. Now, now that's just, I, I yeah. fear, I fear that's just what I'll do now. Fear? I fear that that's what Why I'll do. do you fear? Because I don't think it's good podcasting. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, I can also just say it and then like cut all of them out. Just yeah, cut did. out every instance of nut. Yeah, you could. So, listeners, I apologize for like the weird sporadic moments of silence that will just happen in the middle of this episode. We start off and we see a, a little tiny baby miniature spaceship. Rocket man! A little rocket man. Three rocket men's. That is the, the correct plural of rocket men's. <laughs> <laughs> and inside is definitely some of the set from the spaceship <laughs> that left the nuclear holocaust planet. Listen, we started reusing sets a long time ago. Who's your favorite recurring character on the Twilight Zone? Because mine is that panel of flashing lights that's in every spaceship. God, that's just so many to choose from. (laughs) Oh, but that... Okay, so is it panel of flashing lights or Barbara's house? Which is your favorite? Probably Barbara's house. True, I do love Barbara's house. Barbara's house or the, like, set of, like, the little diner. That was in episode one. Mm Mm-hmm. And also the episode where he goes back in his past, because he just eats some ice cream. That's not the same diner. Uh, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same diner. I don't think it was the same diner. And a big ass mirror in the background. <laughs> I don't think it's the same diner, but fair. <laughs> sure. It's still Barbara's house. True, Barbara's house. Oh gee. Or is it in the neighborhood that's also in this episode? I actually really like that neighborhood. It's that's why they picked it. It's nice. It's nice. Sure does look like a fifties neighborhood. Because it was. Because that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Starring alongside our flashing light panel here, we have some weenies in this ship, and they're wearing the ugliest spacesuits I think I've ever seen. I think you mean they're wearing the newest runway. <laughs> God. Okay, so. These suits have, like, huge padded collars, and then also chunky elbow pads, and, like, just some chunky pads, like, around their thighs. Yeah, you gotta just chunk it up. You gotta protect your thighs from all the G-force. Didn't they teach you that in Astro School? I don't know, maybe I was out that day. I don't remember that. And actually, in my research, I found out that these were also worn in a movie called Destination Moon. So, you know, there's just... Men are just out here looking like that. Couldn't be going anything better. For, for all eternity. These are better than um, the ones that were just flight suits with football helmets spray-painted silver. That's... Yeah. We're a step up from that. Yeah. But still. Oh, those helmets. Rest in peace, those helmets. I miss those. <laughs> These guys don't even have helmets. It's like the people of... 2185 didn't care if they got concussions from space. That's like those people like Red Rock from the Sun episode. They didn't, they're just, they're wearing like their evening attire. Oh yeah, I mean, well, they <laughs> they were fugitives, they didn't have time to, <laughs> to They go- were alien fugitives, things are different. Things are different. Their planet never invented helmets. They have super thick skulls, that's uh, what made them aliens. We yeah. just couldn't see that. Yeah. It's like Star Trek, how, you know, Vulcans are humans exactly, except they have pointed ears. <laughs> These were humans exactly, except they had really thick skulls. But we're not here to talk about that episode. <laughs> so, Rod comes in with our opening narration saying that the date is the day after tomorrow. Oh, 
good movie. Yesterday or tomorrow is a good movie. I will fight you. Okay. <laughs> Thinking about it now, there's definitely parts of it that I do... Like, there's visual effects I do remember. So I suppose if it's memorable, then it's good in some way. Or you can just move on. Okay. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed it for just being a cheesy movie. I wasn't uh-huh. putting too much stock in it. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was trying to warn us, man, about the dance. Dennis Quaid was trying to warn us. That's crazy. Yeah. All of us. He was way ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> God. So uh, these men are from a frozen over hellscape that is New York City. Maybe. Who, who knows what that nuclear war did, you know? I would assume it destroyed everything. I mean, it destroyed most of everything, I think. They're out here in the far-flung corner of the universe. And these three men, there is... God, I, I like, didn't learn their names for, like, most of the episode. So there's a light-haired man, there's a dark-haired man, and there is a younger man who also has light hair. And they are... Weber? I just remember Weber. Carl was the, the, uh, dark, Carl? the dark-haired man, but I forget his last name. And then, uh... Well, Pete. Is the little beanie. Pete Kirby? Kirby. I think that's his full last name. Whoever was the captain. Whoever was the captain. So I think it's funny, because I remember learning Weber, but not his first name. Carl, but not his last name. And then Pete Kirby, who gets a full name. Um, Not horrible names for Rod, you know. Not terrible names, no. He's, He's done worse. I feel like we've seen a Pete before, though. After the nuclear apocalypse, there were only seven names left, so... Four of them were Pete. <laughs> <laughs> There's Pete. Pete with three E's. Pete oh. with two T's. Pete with a P-T-E-T-E. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, one with, like, a little accent thing above it. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. For... It was, like, Pate. Pate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's, like... <laughs> Uh, yeah? That's like if somebody just like read something on like a can and was like, sweet and condensed, that's a great name for my child. <laughs> yeah. Goose liver pate, what a great name for my kid. It's like all those uh, quote unquote trendy different spellings of normal names. Mm. It's like, oh, there's already a Caitlin, let's add a bunch of Y's and a K and a... Five T's. And yep, yep. K-A-I-T-L-Y-Y-N. Yeah. E. e. <laughs> and then they get so offended if you forget that fucking E at the end. Like, yeah. what the fuck? It's just um, like, you know, all the different P's. They just, there's, already, yeah. there's already one P that's got to make it different. P with a Y. Yeah. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I remember I had read something on Tumblr once that, I guess this person lived in Spain and they worked in, like, a delivery room. And a woman decided that she would name her kid Zona because on her way in, she passed, like, emergency Zona. Like, it's literally the Spanish word for zone. Oh and she named her kid that. Um, it's so exotic! I think that might have been part of what she said. <laughs> I, Gosh. That's the worst. <laughs> exactly. So, these three men out here in the spaceship, Rod explains that they've been looking for home, and they'll find it, but it's not a place to be seen. It's a strange experience to be felt. Rod, that's not what home is. 
You gotta feel it. You, are you feeling now, Mr. Krabs? Are you feeling this strange experience now, Mr. Krabs? I sure am. We see the little miniature again, and the spaceship enters an atmosphere. Love it. Which is fun. And on the inside, the the shet, the shet, the set shakes, you know, to show that they're going through some turbulent turbulence. And the lads take their seats, and they all strap in, and you know, pretend that they're going through turbulence. Oh, this little bench, they just kind of hold hands and kumbaya. Yeah. Really tough training in astronaut school. Yeah. Hundred percent. The ship lands, and uh, Pete gets up and pretends to read something on the console. And the instruments say that it's twenty nine percent oxygen and seventy whatever percent nitrogen, and that's exactly what air is. They did it here on the planet Earth. They broke air down to its barest essentials. They remembered what makes air. And, and yeah, Weber's like gravity unit one. So there's one whole gravity outside. I want two, at least. I think two gravity is too much. Well, yeah. That crushes you. Yes. Crush me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Bring me to an alien planet and crush me. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to go to an alien planet. You can just go to Jupiter. Like, now I'm just thinking about getting crushed. Let's um, go. All right. Have you... You've seen that episode of Futurama where they go to the bottom of the ocean... Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the ship can't stand the pressure. And Leela's like, how many, like, atmospheres of pressure can the ship take? And Farnsworth's like, well, it's a spaceship, so between zero and one. <laughs> I think about that all the time. And so uh, Carl is like, wow, amazing. It's just like Earth, except we're 655 million miles away. Which... Let me put on my real-life science glasses. Uh, that puts them somewhere out near Saturn. As in ter- Like, they didn't even leave the, the solar system. They don't know that. They don't know that. If, okay. If they had said 655 million light years, that would have been good. But I don't know if they knew what a light year was. Yeah, I don't think they knew what a light year was. I don't think they knew. Pete gets all hype, and he goes to run out, and Weber stops him. And he's like, these readings could be wrong. Pete is like, so? Yeah. <laughs> Scene. He's like, we can't leave anyway, so I'm going outside. I'm going, it's like, we can't leave, so if we die, we die. Let's there you go. go. So he, he crosses his fingers and they open the door. I like how the little ladder folds down. Love I, it. That's the whole budget. It. <laughs> I, I wonder if they ever use this spaceship set again. I would also hope so, because it seems like a decent amount of money. And they all peek out the door, and there's a farm outside. They all get out, and they're checking it out. And Pete's really excited, because he's like, We're back on Earth! With this hay bale and this dog. There's grass and trees. And there's, there's a building. Yeah. And Carl's like, No! Like, we never really had farms. I love when Pete goes, oh yeah? Well, what's that? A Martian? And he points at the dog. And if you took this out of context, it reads like a shitpost. There's a couple of things in this episode that really read like modern shitposts. It's so good. But yeah, Pete like calls to the dog, but it it's frozen. It's not moving. And that, that kind of weirds him out. So then they uh, they check out this rusty old tractor 
that's sitting there on the property and uh <laughs> they're all pretty intrigued by it exactly they're like hey what's that and carl is like well that's a tractor <laughs> they were <laughs> we used to have them they were in use on earth uh in the 20th century in the years before the total war dun dun I can't believe these ultra millennials don't know what a tractor is. <laughs> They're too busy looking at their space phones. Uh-huh. And so Pete's like, okay, so are like we on Earth 200 years ago? Carl says, oh, you know, that's not a bad idea, except there's two suns here. Which doesn't, doesn't make sense. I love how Carl's not the captain, but like little tiny Pete goes to him for all kinds of advice. It's true. He is, he is, like, the wise, like, calmer one mm-hmm. of the group. I think later on, Weber calls him Professor, but I don't know if that's, like, a joke. Yeah. Like, because he knows stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure. He doesn't get, like, a designation. I don't know. He still is the one who's like, good idea, maybe not. <laughs> he doesn't just go, you're an idiot. <laughs> Listen, Pete, that's very valid, but it's, it's not right. <laughs> We're still not on Earth, little guy. Weber's like, okay, well, we're not alone. There's a dude over there. And he just starts talking to this farmer man who has his back to them. He's like, hey, what's up? Like, we don't know where we are. Can you tell us? But psych, this man isn't moving. Carl waves his hand, like, in front of the dude's face, but he doesn't do anything. And so they're like, okay, well, let's go. (laughs) I got the heebie-jeebies. We're gonna leave. And so they take the little dirt path out of the farm. And then in the next scene, they're uh, walking along a bridge, and they see a man fishing down by the the other end of the river. (sighs) Pete runs to him. He's so excited. He's like, oh, look, there's another guy! And he runs up to this dude, and he's like, hey, how are the fish biting? We cut briefly to, like, a reaction shot of the other two still on the bridge, but it's a still image, and it's so strange. <laughs> um, but okay. This man fishing is also clearly frozen in place. And Pete taps him on the shoulder, and he falls backwards. It really spooks him. It, he's terrified. And so before any of us can deal with how weird that was, uh, they hear some music coming from... Over there. (laughs) So let's go over there. And over there. God, I'm making you stop now. Fair enough. (laughs) Listen, I just kept saying it over and over again. That's how podcasting (laughs) works. Um, So they come upon a, uh, a whole brass band out there. But the music is coming out of a speaker. So these people are also... Frozen. They find a banner reading, uh, you know, happy inauguration, congratulations, Mayor Finch. And so, hmm, I'm trying to think if I want to spoil the whole episode now. It's hard. It is hard. Partially because when I was watching this and I forgot something that was said later, I I thought this was, like, really fucked up. So, um, I'm just going to spoil this. This whole asteroid planet that they landed on is just a really rich people's cemetery where you get posed as whatever you wanted to be doing for all eternity now 
And then there's all these other people standing around. And I forgot the part where the dude says later that only some of them are actual dead people and the rest yeah. are, like, fabrications. So I was like, are these all dead people? And how much would that fucking suck? Yeah, when, I, when we first watched this, I was like, so someone just wanted to hold open a door for the rest of their life? Not wanted to. Like, I don't know. It's like, how much does it fucking suck? Like, oh, cool, I paid all this money, but I got set up as playing a trombone at some dude's inauguration for all eternity. Some people do love playing trombone. But, like, the really, min- like, menial things are, like... Yeah, like that waitress that they see later the on. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's oh. a lady holding a curtain open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those are the shitty jobs. Yeah, those... The runners-up in the beauty yeah. pageant. Yeah. Yikes. Until he explains later that those ones aren't real people, I was like, man, fucking, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that's fine. It's funny, though, when he says, this guy we haven't met yet. It's <laughs> when this guy explains everything at the end, and when he says that, you know, only certain of them, certain people, certain ones of them are, you know, actual people that have died. Mm-hmm. It's like, you could have had a little lonely trombone player who wanted to play forever, and like, you don't know. Walking through... Like they do this little planet. You can see, yeah, the guy wanted to be mayor for the rest of his life. And yeah, he's a dead person. But like, what if one of those people didn't want to play trombone and only like one of the orchestras is actually a dead guy? Fair. <laughs> I don't think I had considered that. Yeah, I considered, they could be peppered in anywhere. I considered it in other scenes that I'm like, I wonder if how many how many of these people are dead. Yeah. Or is it only the clear winner in the situation who's the dead person? I think the episode's trying to point that it's only the clear winner. Yeah. But... If you big brain the situation. If you galaxy brain this shit. It could be any of these little people anywhere. Some motherfucker really wanted to play triangle for all eternity. The little squad goes inside and here we are again back at Barbara's house. (laughs) Except now it's uh, full of people. For the mayor. For this dude sitting up on the second story landing. And he's, you know, got his top hat off and he's addressing the crowd. Uh, This room is packed. With these folks staring up lovingly at him, holding signs like, We, we like Finch. We like Finch, our new mayor. <laughs> we didn't make these signs at the very last minute before filming. Again, I have to imagine the dude later, like, he sets all of this up, so he's like, But, like, he's never been to Earth. Like, he doesn't know. So he's like, Oh, crap. What do they write on signs? <laughs> um. <laughs> Our new mayor. Just, you know, statements of facts. (laughs) The boys stand around in the foyer there and they're like, what the hell? Carl posits that, well, maybe this is like an illusion? Like we're being made to see what we want to see? And Weber's starting to get kind of testy. He's like, that, that's, that's stupid. Like, all captains just a bit testy. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's not? Uh, when they go on the asteroid and they think they're... Oh, Bobadon? Yeah, Bobadon. He is a very nice captain. True. But he was like a dad. I thought he was like a commander, which I think is different from a captain. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, Still true. a dad. True, a dad. Weber's like, no, this is like, this does not make sense. And so Carl again is like, okay, well maybe time just stopped? Question mark? Or maybe time sped up a lot for us and everyone else is going slow. I feel like this is a 
kind of direct addressing of the concept of time dilation, which I believe is an actual thing that uh, space... I almost said space people instead of just spacemen. <laughs> um, astronauts, there we go. Yeah. That's, that's the word I want. Space people, space people. Look like space, stuck like people. Fuck. Um, but also same. Uh, I feel like this would be like a pulled from the headlines kind of concept. Uh-huh. Since they were studying space travel at the time. And kind of the sort of concept of space dilation. That's a very different thing. Uh, Time dilation. Folks out in space experience time at a much different rate than folks on the ground. Because, like, our time is dictated by the rotation of the planet. But when you're separated from that, stuff goes a lot faster. Because you're just out there. And so I, I don't know, I think it's, like, kind of a neat thing that Rod was like, Hey, I heard about this new <laughs> science thing. Let me put it in my science I don't fiction know much thing. About it, but I'm gonna write about it. I'm gonna do it. Well, I think he was also in the Air Force, so maybe he knew a little bit about in it. The Air Force. He's in the Air Force. <laughs> uh, Carl's like, maybe they're all just moving so slow that we can't see it. This kind of this freaks Pete out. Everything freaks Pete out, but this especially. And so Carl's like, well, hey, think about it. You don't see the hands of a clock move, but you know that they're moving. Which, yes, you would see the hands of a clock move if you stare at it long enough, but okay. Yeah. Pete looks at the, the clock that's in the foyer, and he's like, but there's no hands on this clock. <laughs> which is... That's an- it. That's his breaking point. <laughs> that's like another fucking shitpost moment. Honestly, yeah. Weber's like, do you really believe that? And uh, Carl's like, no. <laughs> Not really. No. And Pete's like... Okay, but these are like people. Like they're they're people though. And in his wild gesticulation, he just kind of pushes an old man and like the dude doesn't do anything. He just gets pushed and he's like, "Okay, but like they like they feel like something that people are." God, yeah, my my notes just started talking about how mad I was that the rich are still being catered to even in death. We're not there yet. I know. But we'll yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. Um, you don't know that they're the select rich people yet. <laughs> and so Weber's like, okay, well, let's split up and we'll meet back here in an hour. We'll see what we can find. So first we follow Weber and he goes to... What is it, like a... The set is weird because I can't tell if it's a diner or a hotel foyer. But then there's also just some dudes playing cards there. I think it's like a little diner. Okay. And like, that's one of those th- those scenes where I thought of like different peppered in because yeah there's some dude wanted to play poker and went at poker for the rest of his life at a little diner table with his friends mm-hmm. great he does that with like fucking full house or not whatever that game <laughs> he's is. got four aces and yeah. also the joker card like it's very clear that not, it doesn't matter and all the chips <laughs> he's every single chip yeah and then but like someone could have just wanted to a diner stool for the rest of their life true just hang out at the bar fair you're painting a much better picture of this than like I had. You're you're putting a much softer, softer shine on no, this I than just, I thought I about. I just think it's silly that like there could have been someone who was like when he was like, "Oh, where do you think of home?" He's like, "Oh, sitting at a diner and talking to the the waiter." It's like, all right, but, <laughs> but like that's but that's nice. <laughs> See, that's nice. I just. 
yes, I could imagine one person in one scene being catered to, but I think they all they are literally being catered to. So yeah. I don't think a super rich person would be like, yeah, just put me at the diner. I don't know. Who knows? So I if all you want to do is just win at card games for the rest of your life, how rich can you be? Now I'm picturing like this. So there's the dude sitting at the table and he's winning all the time. I'm picturing like at a certain point people like let him win yeah. i don't know yeah but he so he gets to sit there and win forever now you know just like real rich people yeah oh oh, <laughs> oh okay yeah like weber walks in he takes a look at this scene and and leaves we follow carl through a hotel where he uh picks a door out in the hallway knocks on it and then lets himself in we see him he sees whatever's going on in the room and he's like Oh, I'm sorry. And, like, almost turns to leave again. And when I first watched this, I thought there was, you know, something untoward happening. Mm -hmm. Because that's almost what the music suggests. Instead, we see this super ornate hotel room. And there's some romantic music playing. And we see uh, a couple dancing with some champagne. And they're not doing a great job being frozen. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> you know, you can see some folks are really good at it and some folks are not. And unfortunately, in scenes where absolutely no one is supposed to move, the folks who aren't good at it really stand out. Because, yeah, the arms holding their glasses of champagne are moving a little. And the champagne in them is moving, indicating that they were just moving. Um, and also there's three dudes playing the violin hanging out in here. Which, yeah, maybe one of them just wanted to play violin all the time. I thought of that, but also these three dudes look like they're in... <laughs> they do not look happy to be playing violin. Again, now imagine this dude constructing it and he's like, yeah, I'll make three really disgruntled violin players. Yeah. Like, they look half asleep or just mad. God, yeah. And so this was actually the scene where I wondered how many people are dead. Yeah. Because... No one wants to play intimate violin for the rest of their life or but someone else. Not that, but I wondered if the woman was dead. Yeah, I definitely thought of... If it was a couple, or one of them was just being forced to dance with the other. Yeah, or if, you know, this old man died and all he ever wanted to be doing forever was dancing I with some pretty... I want to dance with a hot lady! I want to dance with a pretty young thing! Gross. Yeah. Yeah. But also... Yeah. Old men, though. Yeah, I definitely thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because now, now I'm really not sure. Or the lady mm? could have been dead, and she's just like, oh, I just want to, you know, dance. With somebody in his little private setting. I can't believe this was Whitney Houston. <laughs> and he, like, shysters her with, like, an old gross dude. Oh. Because she, she didn't specify who. She just said she wanted to have a romantic dance. Maybe. You know, it could go 50 million ways. Okay. True. We can just say whatever we want. About, they're dead. Yeah. We, we can project whatever narrative we want to. Exactly. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> Thank you so much for this gift, Rod. <laughs> I'm turning around on this episode. Pete goes to a convention center, I guess. I don't know. It's just this big room. Little stage area. Yeah. The banner behind him out in, like, the hallway just says guns on it. <laughs> like, there's more words on the banner, but I can't read it. And all I can see is the word guns and some guns on it. So I don't know what's going on in the other room. That I th Anything could be going on in the other room. <laughs> 
I want to spend eternity surrounded by my 50,000 guns. They have a little Wild West area. They d- that's confirmed. They have yeah. they have a Wild West. Yeah. But in this room, there's a, a little beauty pageant going on in front of a huge audience. I think it was this scene that differs from the original short story that this was based on, where they had like a stock car race that oh. was frozen. I can definitely see why they would replace it with a beauty pageant, because I feel like that's a lot less money. Yep. It's much less expensive to construct that than it would be. Or even to rent, a, you'd have to rent a track. Yeah. Like shooting on the racetrack. Yeah. No, we'll just set it up in the convention center. There's like six cars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the woman winning this pageant is not what one would call conventionally attractive. Um, she's an older lady. She's got some glasses. All the ladies behind her are conventionally attractive. The young blonde things. The, the young blonde thing who is another one of those bad at being frozen. So bad. And like, it sucks because the lady next to her is so good. The lady next to her is so good and also <laughs> has to like not react to stuff that Pete does. Yeah. The tall blonde lady didn't have to do anything and she couldn't even do it. Yeah. Gosh. And I don't know much about fashion but like I don't, are those like bathing suits or like body suits or dresses? I don't know what those are supposed to be. I think they're bathing suits but not like bikinis because we're not going to be untoward yeah. here in the afterlife. I feel like they look like like silk or something so maybe they're not bathing they're, I don't know what they are I don't know enough about the fashion back then I don't know. Or they're just very strange dresses Yes. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Pete walks up on the stage and he's just checking everybody out and yeah he like snaps his fingers in front of one of the one of the runner ups eyes and she she doesn't do anything she doesn't blink she doesn't do nothing yeah she's very good at freezing he walks up to the winner and is like oh yeah i can see why the judges picked you you're the prettiest one here one question though what's wrong with you (laughs) what's wrong with everybody here and he just yells at this room yeah there's a bunch of people in there what's wrong with all of you and so you know sometimes you just want to yell at a room full of people yeah he runs off. Well, also in this scene, just like you mentioned how the the champagne can't help that when it moves. Mm-hmm. As he's running off, there's like a lady holding something by the door and they put her in a sparkly outfit. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to show that someone's not moving, don't put them in sparkles that move at literally any instance of light. Exactly. It's like, yes, it looks nice. She looks very nice. <laughs> But don't put sparkles on motionless people. <laughs> That's probably a motion that you couldn't see on a 1960s TV. Well, so. I was just like, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> Again, we are spoiled here in the year yeah. of our Lord 2019. Yeah. So after Pete runs off, though, the camera zooms in on this old man sitting in the audience. And he looks around after where Pete just went. He just smiles. So we come back from the break and the... Uh, the squad is walking down the road here in what is definitely Martin's neighborhood from walking distance, except, you know, the other side of the street or something. There's a dude just mowing his lawn. Like, I would believe that dude is dead. Yeah. Because, you know, dads love to mow a lawn. Homeowners, am I right? <laughs> am I right, ladies? People who care too much about their lawns, am I right? <laughs> oh, boy. He's got his hand up waving to a dude frozen as a mailman who also might be an actual dead man now that i think about it 
people who work for the postal service. Am I right, ladies? Some people are passionate about their work in the postal service. Tyler. <laughs> Shout out to Tyler. Tyler who does not know this podcast exists. No, Tyler who might enjoy it. Who knows? I don't know. So Carl remarks that this is just like how Earth used to be, you know, 200 years ago. And that his great-grandfather showed him pictures of this. <laughs> I hate this line so much. Why? What's your problem with this line? My great-grandfather would not have pictures from 200 years ago. <laughs> Some people's great-grandparents do. It's I don't just, know. I think it's just too unbelievable. Out of this whole episode, I'm just like, no. Fair. No. <laughs> but also... You'd have to have, like, a great-great-grandfather, like... I mean... They could be, like, family heirlooms. Like, there's yeah. definitely, like, folks who are like, oh, this is, you know... But, like, oh, what the hell survived after the Great War? Like, all these little memorabilia are gonna survive? Like, this this, this, this one line True. Yeah. grinds my gears from all the implications yeah, behind yeah. it. Because I was gonna <laughs> say, you know, now we do have pictures from 200 years ago. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, here's my pappy who fought in the Civil War. Like, we have those. Yeah. Pe- folks have those. But, yeah, after, um... After the Great War, yeah. 200 you... years, a Great War, some other shit going on. A, like, you're going to have these little tiny... A edges. big nuclear war. I got to keep my pictures from the before times. Yeah. Which... <laughs> you would want to, yes. Yeah. You would try. Not everyone would be able to keep the pictures. True, true. Yeah. I mean, maybe they weren't his pictures. Maybe he, like, found them somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Can you imagine some grandfather finding some pictures like... Oh, these must have been from 200 years ago. These are from before the war. And it's like, these are from, what are you talking No. Grandpa Johnny, why are you showing me these? <laughs> these are from 20 years ago, Grandpa Johnny. <laughs> Grandpa Johnny, I'm not so sure about this. <laughs> cool. Pete doesn't understand how anyone would like it here. Um, and these lousy ultra-millennials just don't understand the simple things in life. <laughs> Like, you know, the guy who brings a giant block of ice to your house. Mm-hmm. Or the dude with an ice cream cart. I forgot. So, they do. They pass by a dude pushing a little ice cream cart. Also, maybe a real dead person. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, Pete stops, looks at him, and then, like, aggressively punches the, the bell on his cart to ring it. It's like, what are you doing? Who are you proving anything to? He's like... Yeah, it's a nice place to visit, but I don't want to live here. Gosh. And Weber's like, well, that's too fucking bad, because now we live here. Yeah. We can't leave. Remember that part where our ship ran out of fuel? Well, remember, he also wanted to just walk out of the spaceship and die. True. So, yeah, I can see why he's having a little bit of a crisis. He was so eager to just walk out of the spaceship and die. They stop outside of a big Victorian house and Carl's like Dip. love this <laughs> looks great and whoever says okay well it's uh it's yours <laughs> awfully presumptuous of these men to just walk around claiming people's houses I, I guess I also hate that but I just realized can you imagine if they like they didn't want to live near each other and they moved like <laughs> neighborhoods away I'm going to the Roman sector yeah fair you, can, you don't have to live in... Yeah, it's like, yes, we all know that kind of house, and these guys will know the, that kind of house as the house. But imagine going to, like, just some, like, terracotta dome and, like, living in that. Oh, shit. <laughs> God, I wish that were me. <laughs> yeah, they, they go in to go take a look at this this house, and there's a dude 
uh, sit out, sitting out on the porch, reading a newspaper. And as a joke... You know, tr- finally starting to play into this whole facade. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, go pick a house, it's yours now. Yeah, we rule this place. <laughs> we run in this town, let's go. Go up to this guy's, hey dude. Hey dude, what's up? I'm gonna live in your house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, you can't say anything. But yeah. He can't. And he does. And this guy puts the paper down and he's like, yeah, of course you can take a look around. They don't react. Not at first, no. It takes them like two seconds. The reaction shots of each of them are just so plausé. It's like the dude told them it was going to rain later. And they're like, mm. Listeners can't see the face I just made. Um, <laughs> but it was a face. It certainly was a face. This guy introduces himself as Jeremy Wickwire. And Pete's like, okay, but you're, you're real. And he says, of course, isn't everybody? Ha ha. Ha. No. He's like, oh, well, I get it. Oh, yeah, all right. Come on in. We'll have a talk. This place inside is gaudy. Mm-hmm. Very gaudy. Did you ever see the images of the Adams Family House oh, in yeah. color? Yeah. I feel like this would look a little bit like that. Maybe. I actually read something interesting. The reason that the Adams Family House kind of looked like that and the get the gray, yeah, partially, and also they were just steal- stealing set pieces from other shows <laughs> to like get all of that yeah, to happen. Yeah, the house was like pink. Yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to wonder if that happened here. If we were just taking a bunch of furniture from other things. It seems slightly more put together than the Adams Family House. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you uh, Okay. I was going to ask this question at the end, but I'll ask it right now. Mm-hmm. Where would you be posed if you were on this cemetery asteroid? Oh, I have no idea. What would you be doing? What I want to do for the rest of my... What, well, what, is he, what does he ask what makes me think of home or what's the happiest? Um, Something like that? Because I don't have fucking any I, idea. I think it's like if you could be doing anything right now, like, what's your greatest wish? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, I'll just set you up in the Adams Family House. That seems like a safe bet. It'd be cool to be set up in a movie theater, but also, would a movie would a movie be playing the whole time? If you're rich enough, rich enough, I'm sure a movie could be playing the whole time. Because you know, sitting in an empty theater, that's. I could see you sitting in an empty movie theater. I have. <laughs> but, but like <laughs> but like for all eternity. Yeah. But no, I was thinking like for, for that guy who wants to be mayor, he's got that music playing most of the time. Mm-hmm. That guy, that caretaker guy would have to set up a movie if it's a theater. I'd be in a shack by the sea. I thought about this. Yeah, I have no idea what I would do. I think movie theater is a good bet for you. Mm. I think it's good. Fitting. Mm. A movie theater in the Adams Family House. No. Now I'm just stuck on the Adams Family house. That's fine. I also love the Adams Family. <laughs> oh, man. Remember that fucking episode where they bought the house for, like... $2,000? Th- $2,000 or whatever the hell. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're rich. We can afford that. Oh, you're in debt? Let me buy your house. Let me just buy our house for... Oh, my God. Jeremy Wickwire explains that they built this house. Wickwire. Well, he... Wickwire. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking goof that they do later where, like, he can't remember his fucking name. I I'm, hate it. I, it's weak. It's, I hate it. It's stupid and weak, and I don't know who's laughing at that. Not me. And I laugh at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Wickwire 
says that they uh, they built this place for Mr. Jenkins, who then at the last minute decided he wanted to be a knight in armor, so he's out slaying a dragon, which is a weird sentence to say. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's out in the medieval section. And the guys are like, the, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, the what? I want to know what Mr. Jenkins wanted to do in that house all day. Be I- reading... In this giant ornate library somewhere. Yeah. Just sitting on the porch, maybe, like Wickwire was when they walked up. True. So Wickwire explains, he's like, yeah, you know, we got the medieval section. We got a Roman section. We got an Egyptian. section. We got an Egyptian section. We got a medieval section. We got a Wild West. I'm trying to think of, um... Any other decade. (laughs) Anything else that there could be, or they should have, that he doesn't list. Because, yeah, like, a space world wouldn't make sense. Nope. Or, you know, these guys wind up being the closest thing to space world. I thought, like, I was going to mention at the end, like, I don't think he moves the spaceships. Oh, no. He can't. No, so no. that's just... He just drags them back there. So, no, but, like, their space world becomes on a little farm. There's a farm <laughs> with a little spaceship on it. I see him giving somebody a tour later and being like, <laughs> yeah. so here's the farm, and there's the spaceship. Mm-hmm. The what? The I'm spaceship. sorry, the what? You know the spaceship. We had to make do. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, but this section right here where the house is that you're in right now, uh, it's very popular because it represents a time in American culture when people had all kinds of stuff. So many comforts. People had all the creature comforts, and it was before peace on Earth became impossible. That's like Parks and Rec. He's like, stuff? No, things? Things last forever. Things last forever, the major motion picture here on this asteroid. (laughs) Yeah. God. Peace on Earth. Who? (laughs) I don't know her. (laughs) People always say, oh, I was born in the wrong decade, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they want to go back to the 50s, and it's like, okay, but no, you don't. But also, in a way, yes, you do, because stuff, you could buy a house. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you could buy a house and own a house. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not one of those people who would go back to the 50s if I had the chance, but also, I'd like the opportunity to buy a house. And maybe I could have done that then. Well, I mean, I couldn't have, because my husband would have bought the house. And I would have had to have well, a husband. Once he died. Oh, once he died? Mm-hmm. I would have had a gay old time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would have been the widowed who had all these parties all the time. Maybe you would have been shamed in the neighborhood, but they couldn't stop you. They can't stop me because I have so much money from the minimum wage job my husband worked. <laughs> because minimum wage was enough to pay for things. <laughs> so the guys explain, okay, um, but like, we're from, we're from Earth. And Rick Warrior's like, oh? Oh, a worm. <laughs> uh, Weber explains that they had been on a geological mission. They're just looking at rocks, these they, poor kids. They were just out there in space looking at rocks. Okay. Now they're stuck in this little hellhole. And uh, they ran into a meteorite storm. and The some, rocks betrayed them. Some of their... <laughs> <laughs> the flying rocks betrayed them. Damn. They, how, who could have foreseen this? <laughs> Uh, some of their equipment got fucked up. Honestly, this is really unnecessary backstory. Like, it does not matter what they were doing. But I think it is worthwhile to say that Weber's like, that was six months ago. So they spent six months floating around in space, which is unfortunate. 
And now they're low on gas. They nope. can't make it off the planet. Nope. So Rickwire's like, oh, so you're not from the Glades then. I love Weber's delivery of the what? <laughs> and he's like, did they ever have that nuclear war on Earth? Did that ever happen? Did that ever happen? Uh, yes. yes. Carl's like, yeah, in 1985. I think it's wild, because uh, later on, Wick Wire explains that this place was established in 1973. So he knew about the concept of the nuclear war, like, that whole time. So I can only imagine people, like, fucking coming up here being like, yeah, we're gonna have a war on Earth. We sure are gonna have a war on Earth. Uh, yeah, then, like, he just goes dormant for 200 years or whatever. Because they had a war on Earth and nobody came to the space cemetery anymore. They were all obliterated. Because they all fucking died. Yeah, Carl's like, yeah, it took us 200 years to kind of piece everything back together. They got space travel together real fast. Yep. Whoever says, okay, but you, okay, you gotta explain something to us before we go out of our minds. B, it's too late for that. You're a little out of your mind already. McGuire says, okay, okay, okay. You look hungry, though. Let me get you something. Like, he's... He's trying to, like, weasel out of telling them anything. Yeah. He's like, no, where are we? I'll host yourself out of this conversation. <laughs> you know, fair. I've done that many times. <laughs> I'll just hospitality myself away. Thank yeah. you. Rick like, well, this is a, a cemetery. Hold on, I'll go get some drinks. <laughs> he comes in, and he's got four wine glasses on a little tray. And he makes a toast to eternal peace, which is what I would do if I were a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> they drink, and Carl asks if it's uh, Liebfraumilch, which is uh, a sweet German wine. I learned that. I didn't know that. No. Now I know. And so they're like, okay, but like, what's up with the cemetery? Question mark? Yeah, when he was mentioning the glades, and Carl's like, I still don't know what you're talking about, though. I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter how many times you say it, you're not explaining. <laughs> I feel like folks do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Rick is like, okay, okay, I'll tell you everything. But first, if you could be doing anything right now, what would you want to be doing? <laughs> first red flag. <laughs> a little bit. These men are just so, they don't want to play this game. Pete's like, I'd like to be in the spaceship going home. That's what I would really like. And they're all like, yeah, same. Big mood. <laughs> Big spaceship mood. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, what, uh, what time is it when you left Earth? So I can know what to put on your tombstones that you don't have here on the, the asteroid. Uh, whoever's like, it was September. Okay, but what year, though? 2185. They're not picking up on any of this, this weird behavior. But then McGuire explains that, uh, Happy Glades, who own this asteroid... They came up with this this nice big scheme to uh, send rich people's corpses up here into space uh, and pose them doing whatever they loved the most for all eternity. Um, if some guy wanted to be elected mayor, he could do that. Which, if you were rich, you could definitely just get elected mayor. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I don't know why that was your dream. When you had money and you could definitely just do that, but okay. You know, if he wanted to fish, he could just do that all day. If he, Whatever, whatever. I just realized, besides the farmer and the fisherman, the other people who have died aren't that old. I don't know. The guy dancing looks kind of old. The guy gambling looks well, we sort of old. Well, we don't know the dancing. It's true. Well, okay, when I first watched this and like we found out 
who McGuire was. It's like you weren't freaked out by people walking around. It's like and you realize like okay, there's people from the the mortuary who come up there to I guess mm-hmm. deliver the body. Something like that. He doesn't know what they're up there for. Yeah. At first when I when I watched this when Wickwire saw some people walking around, I thought like and we found out about different scenes that he could put them in. I'm like, did you think that some of them escaped? Like they just came back to life and they're just walking around now? That was my first, first, first thought. Holy shit. That they were just up and walking around and he's like, I gotta catch him. <laughs> that would have been fun. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Pete says, okay, so all those people are dead? He gets real offended real quick. Fair. Also, same. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Only some of them are. The rest of them are just, you know, seat fillers. Imitations. Cooled down my indignation over how dare you make some people pose adoring a rich man for the rest of eternity. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. And Carl's like, okay, fun. So this is the place where all your dreams come true after you stop dreaming. <laughs> Which I can't believe he didn't have a successful career in marketing with a <laughs> turn of phrase like that. And requires like, yeah! <laughs> oh, it's fun. Wherever says, he's like, that's a bunch of shit, but I guess I have to believe it. Um, why, though? Happy Glades could have just bought a bunch of space out in the desert and put a bunch of people out there. And McCoy's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't have all the facts. Which are? There is no peace when men are around. <laughs> um, he's like, Happy Glades promises eternal happiness, and you could never have that on Earth. Roasted! Let's be real. Carl makes a face, he's like, yeah, fair. <laughs> Valid. Then Pete asks, okay, but what's up with you? Like, what's your deal? And uh, Wickbriar reveals that he's the caretaker here who makes sure that nobody gets messed with. You know, like when they're just sitting there fishing and some dummy pushes them over. (laughs) Exactly. And Pete's like, okay, well, when did this get established? In 1973. And he's like, okay, well, that makes you, like, super old. And so Wickbriar reveals that he's not a human being. He says scientific device, and honestly, it would have been better if he robot. just if he just said he was a robot. Much, much more sense. Instead of taking this really roundabout explanation, he could have just said he was a robot. A robot. And so he says, well, once you guys are gone, I guess I'll just go back to sleep. McGuire says, it's really not that complicated. Pete's like, no, no, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, not that complicated at all. You know how people just turn off and on like that. Yeah, that's a thing. I've, I thought of... How does he know when to turn on? Is it when someone lands on the planet? Or when people start walking around? Like, what's his little on switch? I don't know. I've thought of that a lot. Maybe he's tapped into, like, the network? Yeah, but what's the fucking network on that asteroid? I mean, I don't know. There's, like, nest cams everywhere that detect motion. And oh, that'd be sick if turns... he was a motion-activated robot. Yeah. No matter where he just picks somewhere to go sit down for a little while, and then if Sick. they de- if they detect motion again, then he he turns on and goes and investigates. That's that's pretty cool. That's okay. how I'd flesh that out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wickwire's like, yeah, you know, I guess I was off for like two hundred years, and Pete's like, this is fucking bullshit, <laughs> and he's like ready to throw down. Carl holds him back, and Norbert says, okay, we're staying here though. And Wickwire cryptically says, I know. <laughs> Slide number two. 
Um, <laughs> and as they're having this conversation, as this goes on, the guys are also, you know, getting kind of sweaty, kind of having a hard time breathing. And uh, Weber unzips his spacesuit a little, and he's like, Okay, but, like, you talked about when we were gone. And uh, Wickwire's like, Oh, well, I mean, like, when you're dead. <laughs> you know, like, how you're gonna be in a minute here. Pete realizes they have been poisoned, has a little freak out about how they shouldn't have trusted him, and then collapses to the floor. Same. <laughs> Fair. Um, and they all start just, uh... Slowly dying. Oh, we didn't make a sweaty joke. They weren't that sweaty. Well, like, remember earlier episodes where, like, you sure are sweaty. (laughs) Gee, Mr. Carl, you sure are sweaty. Yeah. And Carl's like, but why'd you do this? We meant you no harm. Like, Wickwire's just deadpan implacability. It's so eerie. He's like, yeah, I know, I see that, sure. Weber begs for the antidote, because he's so desperate to live. I'm not here to, like, advocate suicide, but... If I were stranded on an asteroid with no actual hopes of getting home, the sweet embrace of death might just be a good option. It might just be a good option. Yeah, I just realized that these guys didn't think it all the way through, obviously. But, like, yes, you can find a house to live in and, you know, some stability. There ain't any food on that asteroid for dead people. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you find a house and then what? You can't live there for a while. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they would have done. They didn't think that. Sweet Embrace of Death was actually good for them. Yeah. But Wickwire goes off. Wickwire's like, well, there is no antidote. You're gonna die now. They're like, why though? And it's because you're here. And you're men. (laughs) And as long as there are men, there can be no peace. Roasted. Dunk! Love it. And so then next we see uh, Wickwire climbing the ladder up into the spaceship, feather dusting the uh, posed corpses of the men as they are frozen piloting the spaceship. Rog comes in to bring us home as Wickwire goes back to the big Victorian house and just takes a seat. And uh, Rod says three men with a simple wish. They just wanted to be on their ship heading for home. And uh, Canny and Laughing Fate made that happen in the Twilight Zone. Hey. Well, did you like this episode? I think I like this episode more after talking <laughs> talking about it with you. Yeah. Cause yeah, for for a lot of it I feel like it's a long walk to a short point. The yeah. short point of there can be no peace while men are alive. But yeah, he just he takes such a long road to get there. And I know that this is me looking back with my twenty first century eat the rich eyes, <laughs> but what this <laughs> what this episode could have and should have been about in to me is the concept of, like, people buying their way out of the a nuclear war. Like, rich people's corpses get to not be destroyed in a nuclear war, but so many living people did. Like, I, there was a, a big dunk on rich people that did not happen in this episode that we were just letting that go. Me up here in the year of our Lord 2019 and the largest wealth discrepancy ever in history... <laughs> Um, I, I can't let something like that slide. Yeah. Um. You can only dunk on so much at one time. It's true. We had to dunk on just men in general. Mankind. <laughs> dunk on the general concept of men. Which, you know, I'm also in favor of. <laughs> Did you read that article that was going around this past summer about how, like, 
the richest people in the world are having like meetings on how to escape the consequence of their actions when everything finally reaches a horrible breaking point. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how do I keep control of my security force when society breaks down? How do I still get my dream burial of sitting by a river fishing when society breaks down? Like, mm. Yeah, some people on that asteroid were put there, like, I don't know how long the impending total war was going on for, but some of them were there obviously before it even started. Yeah. Or the idea of it started. They get half a break, but they're still stupid rich. They don't get that much of a break. Exactly. I hadn't realized this when I was taking notes, but, like, Wickwire knew about that war. Like, that's fucked up. It might have been, like, the last person that Happy Glade sent up there, and these people who brought the body, they're like, oh, yeah, total war coming. And Wickwire's like, okay. Cool, see you later, Jim. Yeah, and then he did not see them later. No. (laughs) And also, yeah, I guess those people couldn't go hide out on the asteroid, because then they would not bring peace. Wickwire's programming would command him to kill these men so that they could have peace. Peace at all costs. Yeah. (laughs) He's got some fucked up programming. Oh, boy. That's all I got to say about that. I liked it. Alright. Like, yeah, it was a long walk. Like, they didn't make it obvious the whole time you were watching it. You were still like, okay, but what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but what? (laughs) Oh, Do you want to hear what we're watching next week? Yes. Maybe like our waitress. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless her. Next week, we'll be watching episode 21, Mirror Image, in which a woman in a bus depot is treated by strangers as if they have seen her before and soon realizes that she has a doppelganger. Nice. Rob Wright and ladies again. Rob Wright and some ladies. Rob didn't write this one, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yes. He mentioned it was a short story. And then the dude who wrote the short story wrote the script. As it should be. Yeah, fair. It was um, our good friend Charles Beaumont, who also, I think the only other one he wrote was uh, the one where the guy can't go to sleep or he'll die. (laughs) Oh, God. So we're really out here with that high concept. Love it. Can't go to sleep or you'll die. Asteroid full of dead rich people. Big brain. <laughs> That's why they call him Charles Galaxy Brain Beaumont. <laughs> God. Oh boy. Alright, well. If you want to send us Galaxy Brain memes centered around the <laughs> Twilight Zone, uh, you can send those to spookyspotpod at gmail.com. Or at the spooky spot on Twitter. Honest to God, if anybody like <laughs> sends us a meme, I will 100% retweet it and I will love it every day. Please. I don't know. We're also on iTunes. You can talk about us there. You can tell your friends and family about us. Hmm. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about that screenshot of like, I want to protect it. I want to see it grow big and strong. I'm going to tell my friends and family about it. <laughs> It's that, but it's this podcast instead of a neighborhood tree, which I believe that original survey was about. Yeah. Uh, The narration at the beginning of our episodes is done by my friend Tamara. You can find her on the internet at Total Spiffage. You can hear me on the podcast Loop and Lottery, which you can also find on the internet. (laughs) Just go find it. Just go find it. Listen, just go find it on the internet. It's out there. You don't have to tell you about Google. 
I assume you know how to use Google <laughs> in this day and age. Until next time, send me your fun memes about the Twilight Zone and also stay spooky. We're back on Earth. No. No? Well, what do you call that, a Martian? Well, you, you don't see the movements of a clock's hands. Nevertheless, they do move. Well, this clock has no hands. <laughs>